Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to another Buckeye Talk, and it's a draft. We love to do drafts. Douglas Maurice, Stephen Means, Nathan Baird. What we are drafting is the Buckeyes most likely to make All-American and or All-Big Ten teams next year. And so we were just trying to discuss this. We're not actually going to, like, score it, but I want us to think of it this way. We kind of all agreed about this. It's, it's like you get the points for the highest level you achieve. And you think of it as like, if you're a consensus first team All-American, you get four points. If you make any first team All-American team, you get three. If you're first team All-Big Ten, you get two. And if you're second team or lower All-Big Ten, you get one. And you want to accrue points as the drafter. So we'll go probably four rounds, draft 12 Buckeyes here. But guys, before we start, I did want to double check with you. Do you guys know... How many Buckeyes made first team All-American teams this past season? Nathan, do you know? I mean, I don't know the number. I could count it up because I had to do a lot of those posts. I mean. This is always my favorite part of the pod when Doug asks us, do we know the number or something? And we don't know it, but we go, oh, we're going to count it out right here on the pod for you. We love, we're very educational. We're like a kindergarten podcast. We count one. Like four? So your guess is four, Steven. Like do you four want to make a five, guess? Yeah. Four was going to be my guess, but just so we don't have the same, I'll say five. Okay, so let's say who we think they are. Steven, name a guy you think was first team All American last year. Garrett. Garrett. He made it for the Football Writers Association of America yeah. and for the Athletic. Not to be a jackhole, but actually, I, and I just remembered one more. I remember. I remembered one more for sure. Yeah. I I will say that. There's somebody on this podcast who made a very strong push for the Football Writers Association, and there's somebody who used to be on this podcast that made a very strong push at the Athletic, and it is not a coincidence that those are the two teams that Garrett Wilson made. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So Garrett Wilson is one. Nathan, who else was an All-American? Name somebody. Chris Olave. Chris Olave, one team. American yep. Football Coaches Association. The only This is first team All-American, by the way. First team. Mm-hmm. That's the team that he made. All right, Steven, somebody else. Garrett, again. But this no, time, no, no. Haskell. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. oh. That's good. You tricked me. Yeah. No. Mm. No. No Haskell Garrett All-American last year. Year before, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, Not All-American. Nathan, your guess. 
Noah. Well, are you counting just the consensus All America five? Um, and, um, and any? Any no Ruggles. No Ruggles. ESPN. No Ruggles. First team All American. ESPN. Steven, your guess. I think an offensive lineman made one. Okay. Nicholas Petit Frere. Nicholas Petit Frere made two teams football writers and CBS Sports. Two teams. So there's one more guy. Nathan, who is it? I think Jackson Smith Jigba snuck one in at the end. It is not. It's Thayer Munford. Oh, okay. Thayer Munford, American Football Coach Association. So American Football Coach Association put on Olave and Munford. So those are the five guys who were first team All-American last year. No consensus. So if we do have a 4-3-2-1, nobody got four points. Those are the three guys, or the five guys who would have gotten three points. So let, then let's go to, do you, Stephen, do you know how many guys were first team All-Big Ten? last year how many ohio state players were first team all big 10 six nathan how many do you think i'll say seven just so it's a different number okay it's five (laughs) nathan first guess who was first team all big 10 for the buckeyes cj stroud cj stroud is correct he made it for both teams he made it coaches and media Mm -hmm. cj stroud is one steven you're next olave olave made it for the coaches only yeah. So Lave is, is the second guy. Nathan, who else? Thayer Munford. Thayer Munford made it for both at guard. Steven, who else? NPF. NPF made it for both at tackle. And who else, Nathan? Haskell Garrett. Haskell Garrett made it for both. Garrett Wilson, who was a first-team All-American, was not, not first-team yeah. All-Big Ten last year. So he would still get the three points for the highest threshold. But that's what we're talking about here. So we're going to draft like 12 Buckeyes. It is not the same thing, Stephen, as drafting the best players, which is why I like this little wrinkle. And we can complain about how teams are picked. We can complain about the differences sometimes between the coaches and the media vote in the Big Ten, the difference between a conference vote and a national vote. But when Stephen, we all understand those realities, right? So it's, it's different than the 12 best players. It's the 12 guys with the best chance at getting this notoriety. Yeah, especially, I mean, we can start at quarterback. C.J. Stroud, at worst, is the third best player on this team coming into the season, depending on how you Hugh Jackson with the Jake Van Travion Henderson. But, like, only one quarterback gets first team. Yes. So it comes down to, like, does C.J. Stroud win the Heisman or not? And it doesn't mean he's not one of the best players in college football. So I'll be curious to see where CJ goes in this draft because we all understand that reality. And will CJ Stroud be excellent this year? Almost certainly. But what does that mean? So let's do the draft. We understand the parameters. Nathan, because you're uh, not here right now as we're dropping this podcast because, again, we're recording ahead so that post the arrival of Baby Baird, you guys still have a little Nathan in your life. Nathan will give you the first pick, Stephen. And I now are we doing snake or not snake? You got a snake. Three people. Yeah. With three people, definitely snake. Stephen, do you want the second pick or the third pick? Do you want to be the wrapper or no? I want the second pick. Okay. So Nathan, we'll kick it off with you. Who do you think has the best chance to be a first team All-American next year? I think there's one player on this roster that barring injury, I think has a like thousand percent chance to be first team All-American, maybe even consensus. And that's Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I will say that the All-American teams last year, when you look at receiver, 
there definitely is an opening here. There were five receivers a year ago that made first team all American for some major team. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were two of them. Jamison Williams was another David Bell of Purdue made a gazillion. And then he ran like a four, seven at the combine, but he's a good player. I get it. Congratulations to all the college football writers who think David Bell is the best receiver in America. David Bell made six first team, all American teams last year. And then the other guy is Jordan Addison from Pitt. Who's the only guy that's back. He's a Boletnikoff award winner. He is back. Steven, do you agree with Jackson Smith and Jigba as the first pick here? Yeah. There's multiple slots. He's going to get the ball because he's in the slot. Yeah. I think that's right too. I think, I think I agree with you, Nathan, like this is opportunity both in the offense and out there in the world. How many people make teams, what he did at the end of the year, his perception going into it, Nathan, right. That he already made a name for himself for all the voters out there. Yeah. I mean, he's already got a year of monster numbers. He had a monster game in a, in a big stage at a big, surge the end of the season there's already notoriety on him because he's the guy left behind when two guys go off to be first round picks and now he's the heir apparent to that it's just there's everything lines up for him so again just health is the only thing getting stopping him from being a preseason from being an all-american because he will absolutely be probably unanimous preseason all-american yeah first team yeah and that alone helps you get it at the end of the year as long as you play all 15 games or whatever yeah all right, I think that's the right pick at number one. So, Stephen, you said you wanted the second pick. You must have known JSM was going to go one. So you have somebody in mind that you want to take second. Yeah, I'm going to go a little off the reservation here uh, and use some it's more spots logic. Uh, JT Tuimaloa. Mm. So this is the leap. We've talked yeah. about the JT leap a lot. It is defensive end. I'll be curious how he's deployed. Maybe there's a way to squeeze him on in multiple ways, but I don't know for sure if this is where I would have gone. Cause I do think after JSN, Steven, I don't think there's a thousand percent slam dunk guy at number two. Cause I think JT, no. you can make a case for, but I think there's a couple other guys you can make a case for. And you're probably going to take the other two guys that we're going to make a case for, but yeah, I just, I mean, the leap is there. The way we've talked about it, I'm, I've already think he's come on a pod and said I think he's going to be the Big Ten defensive lineman of the year. Um, mm. If he if he has the Bosa leap, Bosa was an All American, yeah, in the year two. So that's what we're talking about here. And they kind of need him. To, they kind of need that right now. They need a lot of like what they need that. What do you think about this selection at number two, Nathan? <laughs> I mean, just from a, a draft strategy standpoint, if we actually are like accumulating these points, he wouldn't have been the guy I took um, just simply because I think there are a couple of guys who are are more certain of getting you points for sure. But I had him in the top half of the 12 players that I have listed. So I don't think that it's not a huge reach. I do want to say, by the way, that this idea came from a rapid fire that we got. And I want to give credit to the texter from the 419. The question was, based on what you saw in spring, how many first or second team all Big Ten players will Ohio State have this year? We're doing a variation of that because we love drafts. But thanks to that texter in the 419 for putting this thought in our head. And you get credit for this episode of Buckeye Talk. Again, if you want to have that opportunity to help shape this podcast, 614 350 3315 is the way to sign up to be a text subscriber. There's a guy that I 
I'm tempted to take, but I will go ahead and take the obvious pick here and I'll take CJ Stroud because I think he is guaranteed to be the first team all Big Ten quarterback. And then it's just a question of does Bryce Young go nuts and take every quarterback spot or does CJ, even if Bryce is is great, even if Bryce repeats as the Heisman winner, which I don't think he's going to do, can he squeeze into a spot somewhere? For instance, last year, and I'm not going to pretend how every All-American team does it, last year Bryce Young made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven All-American teams that are listed on what I'm looking at. Kenny Pickett made two. So there was a team that was like, you know, Bryce Young, he feels like the Heisman winner for a team in the playoff, but Kenny Pickett, man, tiny hands Pickett. I just can't get away from it. Like, Nathan, that idea, right? Like, if Kenny Pickett can squeeze in when Bryce Young's the Heisman winner, I think C.J. Stroud, at the very worst, can squeeze in somewhere. Yeah, no, I had Stroud high on my list, and it was because of, again, that baseline that he's going to get you first-team All-Big Ten, and he's he has a chance, I think, to if the way we just the way we've been talking about Stroud, if he, if he actually does end this season, is projected to be the number one overall pick. If he like passes up Young as the NFL prospect head to head, that's going to get him onto small American teams. Yeah, yeah. Is that where you would have gone here, Stephen? Like, Stephen, did you have a great internal debate between JT and CJ at all? Yeah. And just it, for me, it just came down to more op, more. It's just a wider net for JT to get on there, and that it is CJ Stroud. Even if CJ has a better year from a yeah. viewpoint standpoint, so I, I'm not mad at it. He was definitely he's third on my list. So, all right. So I forgot that I have the wraparound. So I'm going to get both guys. I'm going to get the guy that I almost took here to be weird, but I'll take him fourth to be weird because I actually believe in it. And I'm going to take Noah Ruggles because yeah. I think he'll. Has a, I mean, he's got a little bit of a reputation as a good kicker. He, you know what? Did I not put him on the list? He actually, I think he made a team last year. I think did, I forgot to include him. No, we, we said, said that. Ruggles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so he yeah. made, he made, he made one team last year. So we're, if you're bringing back, he's the only returning first team All-American on this team. Because NPF, Munford, Olave, and Wilson are gone. I almost took him ahead of CJ, but I will say, as little as voters know, kickers, are you serious? There were three guys invited to the NFL Combine, Cade York of LSU, Michael Dicker from Texas, and Gabe Bursick of Oklahoma, and none of them made first-team All-American last year. The five guys who made first-team All-American kicker, Harrison Mevis from Missouri, Jake Moody from Michigan, who made four teams, Nate Needham from Bowling Green, Noah Ruggles, and Caleb Shudak from Iowa. So that is a lot of big 10 love for kickers. And also Nathan, nobody knows what they're talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a great pick from just a a strategy standpoint here. And Ruggles could have that kind of seat very much like he did last year, you know, kick 90 some percent of his field goals, never attempt one, even let alone make one from beyond like 43 yards or whatever, be very kind of adequate on kickoffs and be a first team all American on somebody's list just because of the accuracy. So, um, yeah, it's a good pick. Can I play devil's advocate? I think it's a great pick. But just to play devil's advocate, because you did mm-hmm. say it's weird. They used him a lot last year because they had a young quarterback and they struggled in the red zone. So mm-hmm. how many point. kicks does he actually have to make to be a first? If Because if he's eight of nine, that's accurate. But you they nine kicks. If they fix their red zone issues, plus CJ's awesome. 
I mean, he might not make it simply because they don't need to use their kicker as much when you have a veteran quarterback and a veteran receiver. And he'll be like 63 of 63 on PATs, but that's not yeah. going to be enough. No. You're going to have to do something spectacular. So that, that actually might be a very good point that um, there were some specific things happening with a very talented offense a year ago that gave mm-hmm. him opportunities that might not come down the pike this year. So I was, I was wondering if he was going to come up in our predicting the NFL draft thing for 2023 that we did. You know because, what? He probably because, should have. He probably should have. There's always but a kicker who gets picked. Yeah, there is. But I don't think it's going to be him. And I was going to ask you, Doug, because you've actually been uh, waist deep in kickers here for a while, maybe chin deep in kickers, like researching it because you're looking at it from the Browns perspective. Like He doesn't profile to me as a drafted NFL kicker. So it's one of those things I know, for instance, like a guy like Cade York has a gigantic leg and LSU let him kick 50 yarders all the time. He kicked as many 50 yarders as he kicked 40 yarders. I do think in the end, the thing that matters in the NFL is like, can you make a 46 yard field goal? A 46 yard field goal has to feel automatic. And I do think Ruggles might profile as that kind of guy. Is he going to kick a 55 yarder on the last play of the game to win one for you? Maybe not. But, hey, it's the middle of the third quarter. It's a tight game. We've got to make this 44-yarder. We can't be dorking around. He does maybe profile as that. I don't know that he'll get drafted because, again, it's not a ton of kickers that get drafted. It's about the past couple of years have been about an average of two a year. But I'll be at a camp, and then you start yes. bouncing around, and you have a good week, and the guy you're competing against has a bad week, and all of a sudden you're an NFL kicker. Also, for the sake of, I don't know if we've talked about this on this pod, the fact that he just like took a gap year and was hanging out in Hawaii. Spring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then they had a kicker here for the spring game. Like, USC's kicker who's in the portal right now had him visiting here. So, like, is no Ruggles going to be here? <laughs> like, and, and Jake Seibert kicked a 40 some yard field goal in the spring game. Yeah. Which is so, something like, else we... that kind of got glossed over after he was last year's spring game was like a big alarm sound yeah. for the way he kicked. And he, got it done this year so and he's on scholarship like are we 100 percent sure that Noah ruggles is the kicker prediction ohio state will not have three kickers on scholarship this fall yeah no i yeah we better I run know this, that we better run this pod before anything gets a little wacky in the kicker room. <laughs> right. uh all right well, well it's got to be if somebody's going in the portal they're doing it by sunday this sunday what? may 1st that we're recording this before but which this podcast will run after why is that why is that because you have to go in the portal by May 1st. This was the rule that they established the first year. They changed it to July 1st for the first year, but every subsequent year mm-hmm. is May 1st. You have to be in the portal by then to be immediately eligible, eligible for the coming season. Oh, yeah. This is an interesting conversation for people to be having after May 1st. <laughs> uh, uh, we're, we're in, we're in the, the, what do you, what do you call the thing? The, the hemisphere. What do you call it, Nathan, that you love the alternate reality? The, 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 megaverse. the metaverse, the megazone, the multiverse. This is the baby. This is the baby multiverse where we don't know when it's being recorded and when it's being released, but we just want Nathan in your life. All right. Four picks in more to come next on Buckeye talk. Drafting the Buckeyes, most likely the all Americans and all big 10 players next year. Jackson Smith and Jigba, JT Tumaloao, CJ Stroud, Noah Ruggles. Steven, back to you for pick five. I just don't want to take the other person. So I'm going to take Paris just because the best offense in the country is probably going to have at least one offensive lineman mm. be a first team all American. I mean, Nicholas Petit Frere 
Bayer Munford did it last year. And if we think that this line is going to be pretty good this year, you know, Ohio State's going to average 45 plus points, then put your left tackle on first team All-American. I think that is reasonable because, again, people are not good at picking offensive linemen. And so famous team guy for famous offense is a good way to go. And I think you get the benefit of the doubt. Although, like, also, he very like he will deserve it. Right. Yeah. He's not going to be, yeah, a I'm not saying, but no, no, there, it'll be real. There are some all America. There are some great offensive linemen who just don't get enough attention that it's like, well, you know, it, I don't know that a Purdue offensive lineman is going to have a harder time. David Bell, you mm-hmm. put a bunch of numbers, you can make it. But I think in a place like Ohio state, a great offensive lineman has a better chance of being rewarded. So I mm-hmm. understand going Paris um, in this spot. All right, Nathan, it's sixth pick back to you. I'm pretty excited because the guy that I had number two on my list, and I guess we can debate whether this is smart or not, is still here. So I'm going to take Trevion Henderson. I, I think he has, um, you know, I know that his first season, partially because of volume, wasn't getting him a lot of that national attention. Um, I think that could change a little bit this year. I think he's going to have to shoulder a little bit more of this offense. And I think this offense will still be prolific and give him a lot of opportunities for touchdowns. I think he'll still have a lot of opportunities for those sort of viral moments. And it, at the very least, it pushes him up into a, a potentially higher category just within the Big Ten and maybe securing those first-team All-Big Ten points. So I'm also a little surprised that he lasted this long, but I also get it. Let me read you PFF's list of returning running backs, 10 best returning running backs. Number one, Deuce Vaughn of Kansas state. Number two, Bijan Robinson from Texas. Number three, Blake Corum from Michigan, who was really effective and then had an injury last year. Uh, Number four is Travion. Number five is Zach Evans from Ole Miss, who was uh, once upon a time, a gigantic running back recruit and wound up transferring and from TCU. Now he's at Old Miss with Lane Kiffin. Devon A-Chain at Texas A&M, which is a guy I love, like a track guy, super speedy guy. He's going to go from sharing the load with Isaiah Spiller to kind of being the man at Texas A&M. I don't know if that's good or bad for him. We'll get more opportunities. Will he be as efficient? I'm not sure. He's really good. Number seven, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, who was really good last year. He's the next in line, right? Wisconsin running backs. Again, people having a, a... a lean, hey, Wisconsin running backs get attention. So if Braylon Allen's good, he's going to enter the conversation because there's a history there. Jameer Gibbs at Alabama, he's a transfer from Georgia Tech. They brought him in. He might be the Jamison. He might be the guy who's the closest thing to the, to the Jamison Williams for Alabama this year as like a big-time transfer guy who immediately impacts the offense. Zach Charbonnet from UCLA started his career at Michigan and Tank Bigsby at Auburn. So, Stephen, it sounds like you were also looking up that list. Mm-hmm. When I read that list, listen, Bijan Robinson is oozes talent, right? He is a he is the real deal. But there's not there's not really anybody else on that list, Stephen, that like scares me of like, oh man, like if that guy goes nuts, Travion's not gonna have a shot to be a first team All-American. To me, I think again, as part of a great offense, what should be a winning team, I would maybe make Bijan and Travion the co-favorites to be first-team All-American running backs this year? I don't know, Stephen. That makes all the sense in the world. But I think because of how this offense operates right now, Travion just has to wait a year. 
to get any of the recognition from a national standpoint, because it's going to be the CJ Jackson Smith and the Jigba show with mm. a little bit of side of Marvin Harrison, Emeka Buka, and Ju- Julian Fleming. He's just going to have to wait and have his J.K. Dobbins moment next year, I think. And it's not because I don't think he's better than basically everybody on that list, not named Bijan Robinson. It's because those guys are all going to be the focal point of their, I mean, of their to, teams. To me, it's a volume thing, and it's a little yeah. bit of what Steven's getting to, but I'm thinking of it from another perspective. Henderson would have more juice nationally right now if he had stayed on the field in some blowout games where he could have just picked up some garbage yards and touchdowns like the Indiana game um, jumps out to me. There was another game. I'm, I'm, I can't remember right now, but like he's had multiple games where he can't. Yeah. Like he came out of the game early, didn't get that many carries in games where he could have padded his stats a little bit. I think if he stays on the field, just naturally, you're going to take everything he did last year. He's going to be a little bit better. And then if he just gets more carries, it isn't that big of a jump from what he did last year to the kind of numbers that, that solidify being a first team, all big 10 guy and maybe get you on one or two all American teams. So it comes down to how many competitive games do you think Ohio State plays next year? If you think that I don't think is that better. I don't think that I think it comes down to how many games he just stays on the field through the first half. Mm, I don't know. I'm not J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins didn't play in a lot of competitive games in 2019, but he took all no, the carries in the first half he, of those games. But, but he also didn't have a Mike Weber that they he had to share it with. And they're going to like Mayan Williams is going to get his no. fair share. No, I think he will. No. No, no. I'll be curious how that breakdown goes. I'm not necessarily anticipating um, like Mayan Williams, like taking carries away from. He's the spell. Travion Henderson. And, but I do, I do wonder. So Nathan, you're talking about like when Travion came out, that's like he got injured in some of those games, right? Like the Indiana game, Ohio state's offense went nuts, but he was out of the game. You're talking about, just staying on the field from a health standpoint, you're not talking about necessarily Ryan Day leaving him in in blowouts. Because I don't correct, think that's correct. Because I'm talking about just playing through the first half of some of these games. You know what I, I mean? Like, yeah. some of those games are he had like one, two carries, I think, or two, three carries, and or just a few touches. And if he can just get up to like eight to 10 touches just in those blowout games, it starts to add up over the course of a year. And I'm, we're only talking about three or four games, but again, now you add three or four more touchdowns, you add a couple hundred more yards. It's just those things separate you when people are looking at those stats at the end of the year, because let's face it, that's how a lot of these things get voted on. So I do, I mean, there is a, there is that conversation. The stats do matter. He also is going to get attention. I, I do in general think that the idea of there are just guys that are the focal point of their offense and that Trivion Henderson is not going to be the focal True. point of the offense is why he lasted this long. Steven, when you look at who the guys were, who were all American first team, all American running backs a year ago, there were only three of them. And one was Kenneth Walker, the third, who was mm-hmm. Michigan state. One was Brees Hall at Iowa state. And they had a couple other guys, but he really, they were a run first team. And then the other guy is actually a guy that we haven't mentioned that, you know, I guess it's our fault. Uh, Sean Walker, who is – no, Sean Tucker, excuse me. Sean Tucker from Syracuse was the third guy. There were only three running backs who were first-team All-Americans last year because it was mostly Hall and Walker. Sean Tucker at Syracuse, he's back this year. Last year at Syracuse, 246 rushes 
1,496 yards and 12 touchdowns. So that's a guy who might have Steven like a little more mm-hmm. load to carry. Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State might just be the guy, get more attention, get more yards. So I, a world where is Trayvon Henderson one of the two most talented running backs next year? I think you could probably make that argument. Is he going to make the All-Ameri- first-team All-American based on opportunity and workload? Maybe not, and that's probably why he's sixth and not third in our draft. Second, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, like next year, when it's a brand-new starting quarterback and you got a third-year starting running back, uh, what did J.K. have, like 301 carries in 2019? Yep. It'll probably be just like that for Travion. I wanted to – last year we had a conversation in the middle of the season about – who was still Ohio State's mm. better Heisman Trophy candidate between Stroud or Henderson? Now, Stroud's clearly their better candidate for 2020 or 2022, I mean, because he's already done it. Who's the better candidate this year to join Stroud, JSN or Henderson? Jackson. As a Heisman candidate? Yes. Yeah, Jackson. 2,000 yard Jackson. A yeah. 2,000 yard Jackson would be, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1,800 but, but, yard Jackson would still be. But, but like but a fifteen hundred yard Jackson and a fifteen hundred yard Henderson. But as Henderson's we've said, as we've said, Ryan Day wants to run it. Ryan Day does not want to throw it. I mean, Ryan Day does not want the Dwayne Haskins twenty, like just chucking it all over the place in a running game you can't rely on. He wants to run it. So Travion will have his chances, but it's just the the passing game is so prolific. Mm-hmm. Even though Travion, his numbers actually in raw carries and might stack up the raw yards might stack up it's not the driving force kenneth walker the third was the driving force of the michigan state offense last year travion henderson with a first time starting quarterback in 2023 might be more of a driving force of the offense i with cj and jsn he's not going to be the driving force probably but he still might be a first team all-american he still might be a first-team linebacker. It's, it's great value at six, Nathan. It's great value at six, but I think we're trying to figure out, you know, why I took Noah Ruggles ahead of him. So, like, that's the conversation here. No, no, I think I think taking Ruggles ahead of him makes a, a ton of sense because there's just so many All-American teams, and he's already made one. Like, I think that was a really smart decision. And, I and will say these, this, though. Right, um, I think what helps Travion is if it's literally just the Jackson Smith, the Jigba show from a mm. passing standpoint, because um, Najee Harris won the Doak Walker award 2020. And we with don't, the way nobody they talked it around. That's true. Yeah. And nobody talked. And what helped with that is Jalen Waddle got hurt. So Mac Jones only receiver was mm. uh, Devontae Smith. So if, what if Marvin Harris, I don't believe this, but if Marvin Harris and Julian Fleming or Emeka Buka are that much of a step below that CJ feels like he can only throw it to one person out there, then that helps Travion because it's like, all right, we're either throwing it to Jackson or we're handing it off to Travion. Right. Interesting. Okay. So Travion six, which means Nathan, you have another pick at seven. I'm going to stick with the run game. I'm going to follow up on Steven's philosophy that some offensive linemen will be recognized. I'm going to take Dewan Jones here. I think simply because he is coming in with a little bit of name recognition. I think he has a better chance of being a preseason all American than Paris does, which yeah. always helps you hmm. as to maybe getting that award at the end of the year. And I think there's also going to be, you know, things like you know, pro football focus now has 
influence. I mean, we use them a lot. We talk about them a lot. I think there are a lot of voters around the country who look at those grades when it comes to the end of the year. And if he can improve, his grades were already pretty strong last year, regardless of what his his draft grade was going to be. His PFF grade was pretty strong. I think if he could just replicate that and people see, my God, like six, eight, 360 pounds, and he's getting these kind of PFF grades, that's a first-team All-American. So I think there's a, 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 a strong chance that he can at least sneak onto one team. I'm not mad at it. I like it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I th- the perception matters. And again, in a world where we all think he has a reasonable chance to be a first-round pick next year, well, then, you know, he's playing for Ohio State. He's big. I think he's personable. At some point, if Ohio State's really good, like Tom Rinaldi's going to come do a story about their 380-pound tackle who wanted to play college basketball and and Dewan Jones is going to tear it up in that interview and then he's going to go out and maul people and then like the people who are like oh I got to pick a tackle oh yeah that Tom Rinaldi guy he seems pretty good he's big first team all-american but actually it will make sense again I don't want to like talk down we're just talking about it's not just if you're good you have to be some threshold of good but then you also have to get voted again Sean Wade in 2020 was a first team all-american and if we were before that season saying who has a chance to be it, it's like, hey, he got a lot of attention. He was the slack guy. He's moving to the outside, right? Like you can see that case. Did he play great? No. Did he make first team All-American? Yes. So there are two things here. I do think there's enough of a Dewan Jones story yeah. to go with the level of talent that makes this pick a good one. And I think he's going to be one of the more fun guys to watch, I think, this season, a storyline to follow, because it's one thing when guys come in, okay, Garrett Wilson was like the top-ranked receiver in his class, and he came in and left as a first-round draft pick. All right, good job, everybody, for doing that. But when Dewan Jones can come in as a guy who wasn't really even that much of a a prospect until very late and um, makes this kind of uh, climb – um, if he can finish it off, if he can make yet another step, I just think that's going to be a fun story to watch unfold. All right. Dewan Jones goes seven. Um, there's a guy that I want, and I'm curious if Stephen Means is going to take him here at eight. Am I the only person who's taken a defensive player so far? Yes. Uh, that is correct. Man. That's saying something. I'm going to take another one because <laughs> all the offensive players I thought Nick would get it are gone because um, – I don't want to take Donovan this high. Denzel Burke made third team coaches of all big 10 last year after starting literally every single game. Um, He's not on PFF's top returning corners because he's coming into a second year and there's actually some pretty good cornerbacks, but in the idea of pairing the Ohio state's got an awesome defensive end who's in year two, uh, Denzel Burke might take that leap in year, year two as well. So I'll pick him here. That's the guy that I wanted. I think to me, unless there's not somebody I'm thinking of, to me, this might be the end of the really strong All-American candidates, first-team All-American candidates. Yeah, yeah. if this was like a lottery, like um, Travion Henderson was pick – and, and Dewan Jones were like the 13th and 14th pick. And now we're in like 15, 16, 17. For sure. Yeah. I, I have one other guy that I think is, is merits conversation. We'll see if I get a chance to pick him or if somebody else grabs him. Cause I like, I am now, I'll tell you like with my picks now, 
I am starting to think more about all Big Ten than all American because yes. I'm just not sure. So Burke is definitely, I think Burke's a divided line. Burke has, I think, all American ability, all American opportunity. He's got to make a little bit of a jump, right? He didn't have a great game against Michigan, but mm-hmm. what he did as a true freshman thrown in last year was remarkable. This guy's a really good player. He's got the attitude. The way Denzel Burke handles his business, I mean, who would not project a jump for this guy with this kind of confidence who's ready to get after it and has a whole year of experience under his belt? But I think a jump is, is necessary to get up to all yes. American. Like yeah. for some of these other guys we've talked about, maybe with the exception of JTT, but there were circumstances were different there. Although Burke's circumstances weren't that different. He was still he was a, a much lower rated recruit coming in as a true freshman. But I think a lot of the accomplishment that he had last year comes in the context of everything we just said. True freshman, low ranked guy had to start, had to bring some stability and did it. And he deserves all those accolades. But to the, the performance does need to take a jump before we start talking about his, as an all-American kind of player. So this leads me to potentially some reaches on some picks and I'm probably going to wind up underrating a couple guys by not picking them. But these are my last two picks because we're only going 12 guys and this is pick nine and 10. And I want these two guys. So the first guy I'll take is Tyleek Williams. He was a freshman, true freshman, all American last year. He will play more snaps this year. I think he potentially profiles as a modern day, big athletic defensive, disruptive defensive tackle. We again are talking a jump, but if you're thinking about people who were going to draw the attention of voters, I think he could. And I think being a freshman, all true freshman, all American, some. Some people last year, they do a, a freshman All-American team, and then people like C.J. Strider on it. And some places do a true freshman All-American team. So the true freshman All-American teams is where Tyleek Williams showed up. I think this, this is probably a little bit of a reach, but if I'm anticipating a jump, Nathan, I think there's enough sort of like story, opportunity, talent converging here that I could see Tyleek Williams being a first-team All-Big Ten guy. As we've talked about before, I, I, it's a it's a good pick. It's a good flyer for um, not just first big first team All Big Ten, but maybe being able to really impress and do something more. As we've discussed, he's someone who not only has to convert what they did to a higher level, but it, he has to do it against first string offenses more than he did last year too. So it's almost like there's a couple of I don't want you say I wouldn't say hurdles that he has to jump, but thresholds he has to push through. Is this too early, Stephen, for Tyleek? No, I get it. I think it's a good reach if you're going to reach for anybody. But yeah, I just think that's one where you got to see it. Yeah, against better D. But I, I get it. I get okay. it with the way what we saw last year, and then also when we got the defensive lineman, how they talked about him. I get it. I did not have him in my top twelve. We'll come back with our final three picks on Buckeyes up. All right, we're back for our final three picks. And I, this is an irresponsible pick. I'm going to make an irresponsible pick. There are at least one, two, three guys that just by who they are, 
and what they're going to do in 2022 probably should definitely be picked ahead of this guy. And I apologize to them. I don't think this guy really has a chance to be an all American. And I actually don't even really think he has a chance to be all big 10 with the way people vote in all big 10, but I'm going to pick him anyway. And if push comes to shove, then we'll just talk on this podcast and write things about like, Oh, I can't believe people aren't going to pick this guy all big 10. So I can get my two points. I'm going to take Marvin Harrison jr. I knew that's it. Yeah. And in a world where Garrett Wilson wasn't yeah. first team all big 10 last year, it's like, why am I taking Marvin Harrison jr? He's going to be behind the guy who's going to have 2000 receiving yards. Listen, man, if Marv goes Marv, people are going to notice. And he's a little bit different style of receiver. I think there's a chance that he makes like seven splash plays, right? With just going up over people and making awesome catches. Although guess what? So did Garrett Wilson. And people were like, oh, that guy is no David Bell. So I get it. The idea, like how would, how is Marvin Harris? What is his path? The first team All-American be better than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I mean, like what I, just because no. la- last year, Jackson Smith and Jigba wound up doing it. with So I don't really think that's going to happen. I just wanted to take him because I could I could see a world where legitimately the two best receivers in the Big Ten are Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. But given the history of how Big Ten people vote, I don't think they would vote for the two Ohio State receivers. And I don't think he's going to be ahead of JSN. So it's probably a bad pick on our point system, Stephen, but I couldn't help myself. I think because people are stupid in the Big Ten, all Big Ten voting, there is definitely a, ch- a, a situation where, like, the Jackson Smith, the Jigba expectation is so unnecessarily high that if he's not historically great, he gets second team for the mm-hmm. in the name of like getting like a Purdue or Penn State guy on there. And because Marvin Harrison Jr. is the new kid on the block, he gets the first team all Big Ten <laughs> spot. Meanwhile, Jackson Smith, the Jigba is like a consensus All American. That 100%. Because think about it. In 2020, Ohio State had the best two receivers in the country. And neither Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave got voted first team all Big Ten by the media. It's weird. It's weird. You know, I, I think voters can be dumb sometimes. Sometimes I have even been a dumb voter. But I think that helps Marvin Harrison Jr. First of all, his name is Marvin Harrison Jr. True. That is a huge thing. I mean, that is name recognition is massive in these awards. It just is. And I also think, yes, I understand that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to get a lot of catches, a lot of yards this coming season. I fully expect that. But Marvin Harrison Jr. could, like, if Marvin Harrison Jr. has like 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns, like, mm-hmm. that's first team all Big Ten for sure, I think. I hate, I hate that that's not off the table given how this offense works. Like, that was not a crazy stat line. No, especially the touchdowns. Yeah. The touchdowns, yeah, I think, is where you're sure. I think it could actually be something more like maybe it's only like a thousand yards, but it's like twenty touchdowns. I think he's he can be a red zone monster. Like his size, can, his skills. He can literally have Chris Olave stat line from this past season. So you guys don't think this is a crazy pick? I had him no. in my. I had him number ten on my list. Yeah. Okay, and he went number ten. Oh, I feel better. Okay. Well, let's get down to our last picks. Then, Stephen, this is your last pick at number eleven. Yeah, I know none of you guys have this guy on your list. Um, And I know it's crazy, but I'm doing it anyway because it's an All-American pick. I'm picking Emeka Ibuka for the all-purpose return specialist spot. Oh, that is nicely done. Yeah, that's that's very smart. That is really good. Great value, too. Great value because I'm – 
I'm putting I'm marking it down. He's taking one to the house this year. At least one. I mean, Nathan, you wrote about that like nine times last year, right? <laughs> like he's going to take it to the house. He's going to take it to the house. And then he had the one where he almost did. But that mm-hmm. is not a bad bet, Stephen. I think that that bet might hit. I like yeah, it. I think the one thing that might work against him is I, I think if things go according to plan for Ohio State, he'll have fewer kick return opportunities than he did last year. Yeah. Well, he was one of the people rotating at punt returner before the spring game started. That's true. And too. I love Jackson Smith, the jig, but but he's your best receiver. You don't have to have your best. Parker, except, except Parker. they have, except they have Parker. a history of doing it. Parker, there I mean, are a lot of five stars in that room. They did it with Pick KJ a different Hill. One. But that's not what they do. They did it with KJ Hill. They did it with Garrett Wilson. And then they tell him the fair catch it. So like we have no history. I've tried to make that Garrett Wilson thing happen for a year. We have no history of punt returners really being asked to do anything at Ohio state in the modern era. Another thing I'll throw out there is if he can actually break through and have an impact as a receiver, that also helps him a little bit. It'll certainly help him from an all big 10 standpoint, but even Mm -hmm. last year as, as somebody who was voting, I think, did I vote in the AP all American? I think I did like, uh, that so all that all purpose, yeah, that all purpose spot was a popular place to put Jamison Williams last year mm. because yes, mm-hmm. he was an awesome receiver, but he did he was a pretty great returner too. I mean, he mm-hmm. took a couple to the house last year. So that's the other thing to remember here too. It's like it'll be a big moment when Emeka Buka takes one home finally for Ohio State if he does because it's been a, how many presidential administrations have gone by now since someone last did it for Ohio State, but it's um. There's going to be guys out there who are taking like two or three home next year. Yeah. Some small school guy who's ripping off mm-hmm. 100 yarders in, in the Sun Belt, right? Which, which is yeah, not some I mean, Nevada which is guy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I think it's, but it's a uh, good, I think it's a good pick. I think it's a smart upside pick. Yeah. No, you found that little window. Yeah. You, that was, and Definitely it's not a, like a, yeah. it's a real position. It's not like it's a loophole. Yeah. It's like they put no. return specialists or all purpose guys on every all conference or all Big Ten team or all. And that can, and that can be a lot of random people, depending on what list you're looking mm-hmm. at. So all he's got to do is make one, man. Great and developmental I, pick late in the round. And I know sometimes, so like Nathan, when they when you do the AP All-American, it's just a vote that you send in. Is that right? Correct. Yes. So I was on the FWAA All-American Committee for a couple of years, and that's a conversation. That's and that's where you start getting into, hey, these guys are all good players. What can we do? And that's how you wind up with things of like, well, let's put this guy here so we can put this guy here, right? Which I think is the right way to do it because you should try to reward the best players, the most impactful players. And you're not going to put a receiver at guard, but I mean, you try to work things out. And so the idea of like, hey, listen, to Mecca Buka, he had 720 receiving yards. He was really good with this, but he's also a return guy. I think we, I do think like conversations like that do happen and could help lead to something like this. All right. So there were three guys. That wasn't a guy I was thinking of because I wasn't thinking of it the way Steven did. I wasn't, I, that was a good way to think of it. There's still three guys to me, Nathan, that are like, man, these are pretty good, somewhat established players that I think have a shot here. And I'll be curious to see if you pick one of them, if you go with somebody else. So I have two picks or just one. This is the last pick in the draft. Oh, pick number 12. Mm. Well, I guess I'll just stay on my list. Uh, if I had two, I, I had an interesting second pick, I think. I'm going to take the guy who I had actually seventh on my list, which is probably too high, but it's Zach Harrison. And it dates back to the conversation that we had previewing the 2023 NFL draft for Ohio State. And the way that edge rushers are evaluated, the way he has consistently sort of performed 
at a level that, yes, has not led to a bunch of sacks, but has made him. So from just an all Big Ten standpoint, I like his his upside here. Mm-hmm. I think there's still if the if the pop still happens, if there is still something else for him to reach for and get to. And if this defense as a whole improves and he is a productive part of that, I think it maybe can get him some national attention, too. Um, the other thing being just from an all Big Ten standpoint. Aiden Hutchinson's gone. David Ajabo's gone. Mm. George Karloftis is gone. Boye mafe has gone. Like somebody's got to be the first team all Big Ten defensive end. Abikiti's gone. Yep. Abikiti, mm-hmm. right. So somebody's got to take those spots. Now, if somebody else comes out and gets 8, 10, 12 sacks, if he doesn't, obviously that's going to be those guys. But if he's in, I mean, I don't think he has to have like some kind of, if you get into that 7, 8 sack range and the kind of elder statesman he is um, in the Big Ten, I, I, I like his chances to be a first team all Big Ten guy. And last year, Zach Harrison, second team all Big Ten by the media, third team all Big Ten by the coaches. Tyreek Smith was second team by the coaches, third team by the media. So I do think, Stephen, voters to some level are conditioned to vote for Ohio State pass rushers also, which Mm kind of helps this kind of thing. Yeah, I I like the pick. I really want to see how this rotation works out because are Zach and JT just always – are they ever going to be on the field together? I'm curious about that, too. I had to just do these depth charts. Um, I just kind of reset the depth charts after the spring. Yeah. And I put Harrison and Sawyer on one side. And I put two and on the other. But if you go full jack at that other position, again, God, just no way to say. If you go full jack at that defensive end spot and Zach Harrison is not in that conversation, which he really no. wasn't in the spring game, then, yeah, then he's – Maybe either he or JT Tuumaloao is the backup at one defensive end spot, and all those other snaps are going to those jacks. So I'm curious how that's going to work out too. But I also see a situation where maybe that isn't the base package that they work out of, that maybe they go conventional four-man front as the base package, and then the jack is mixed in. That is, that's going to be an interesting thing to try to ask because – like, that's the thing. It's like, are JT and Zach just rotating with each other on one side while JJB and Zach rotate with each other on the other side? Then it kind of diminishes the both JT and Zach being on this list while, you know, rising JT or Zach and Jack being on this list. That would surprise me if it works out that way that Zach and JT kind of have to share a spot. I, I think there are opportunities for what yeah. you said, Nathan, where they just have more of a four-man front that's not asking the guy to do jack stuff as part of a package. And I still wonder if Harrison might end up doing some jack stuff in the end. I still – I think he's athletic enough to do that kind of thing. Uh, I, I, I won't will, be shocked. Uh, I won't be shocked if, honestly, if they go Rushman package and he's on the interior. That's either. possible, too. Like, he, I think that's his future. His, his he's size. a really good run stopper. I mean, I think the, the, the history of long edges winding up inside – I think there's a there's a world where Zach Harrison in a Draymond Jones, Adolphus mm-hmm. Washington kind of athleticism of an end, physicality of a tackle that's put you inside and let you rush the passer there, but you're also good against the run. It, I don't know like if that's a- his reality at Ohio State this year. Rushman package, I think, Stephen, you're right. Mm-hmm. But that could be his reality down the line. It could be his reality as a pro. I think they should think about, I mean, it's not like there's a three tech on this roster that has proven himself to be more consistently better necessarily. And I think you could argue that like, so a defensive line of Tui Miloau, 
the Jack, Zach Harrison at three tech, and then whatever your best nose is in the moment, whether that might even be Teron Vincent. I think that's their best four. That starts to get interesting to me. But I don't know if I'm sure that it's not that simple. We think of these things as like, oh, just slide him over and he'll be. A, it's not that easy. I'm sure there is a lot of technique, a lot of um, adjustment that goes into it. And do you ask a guy to do that this late in his career? I don't know. I mean, listen, Adolphus Washington came as an end. And then like Joey Bosa kind of was like, eh, I'm, I'll take that spot. And it was like, OK, well, let's see what we can do. And Adolphus Washington winds up being a defensive tackle for a national championship team. And just turns into a guy, again, maybe not the body you'd think of. He's a third-round pick, man. Mm-hmm. And I think Zach Harrison, I think, is a better football player than Adolphus Washington. Adolphus Washington was the 80th pick in the draft. So uh, it's a hard conversation because I think Zach Harrison – this is what we're talking about with Zach Harrison. I think he could do some jack stuff. I think he could play tackle. How many guys could do that? But this, this guy's right. got quite a package of skills. Yeah, and he was second team All Big Ten last year. So again, the, the continued sort of under evaluation of Zach Harrison as we try to figure out what this year is going to be like for him. He lasts to twelfth in this draft, but now we're all talking ourselves into: Do we have to ask Jim Knowles the first time we get him in August? Hey, what about moving Zach Harrison to defensive tackle because we think he could be an All American there? And seeing what that conversation is like, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's a really good football player who it just feels like there is still a possible pop still waiting. Mm-hmm. And even if, guess, it, but if it doesn't happen, he's still a very good football player. I think where it gets tricky is if you, if you do believe that, that he could actually play the Jack, then to put him at three tech bottles him up more than you want someone that athletic being bottled up. Maybe. maybe. Except if you think Jack Sawyer is a better Jack, than Zach is, and he can equally be an interior guy just as well as he can do the Jack, then, I mean, but it's about, I, I think at the end of the day, it's about what gets your four best guys out there on third right. down. Yeah, that's, I but think, it, what we're trying to get to. But it's also, it, it is a difference because we've seen those ends move inside in the Rushman package. Can Zach Harrison play inside on first and second down? Because that's what Draymond Jones and Adolphus Washington yeah. did because they, right. they were just true tackles. Could he do that? I mean, I, we saw... I, I, I don't know. Tommy Togiai, Haskell Garrett, we've seen those guys run guys down from behind. Um, I'm sure Zach Harrison can do that. Get yeah. guys, you, you know what I mean? Like find a guy in the second level and take him down. So I, I think there's a lot of merit to it. Again, this is one of those times where if if Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles were listening to this, they would just be looking at each other and just cracking up because maybe we're completely off base. But um, I, I don't know. I think it has merit. Or they could be like, yeah, we got to stop letting these guys in here. They're getting too many ideas. <laughs> Maybe. They're, they're giving Notre Dame the entire playbook, and it's only yeah. Actually what, actually, what they would be saying is like, thank God Marcus Freeman or no other football coach in the country listens to this. Oh, yeah. No, definitely no coaches listen to this. <laughs> we know that. Um, I, I have like four of the guys I could take. Well, so the, the other two guys, so Zach Harrison was one. The other two guys that I was thinking about of like, man, these are good football players. I wonder, he also is a little tall. He's 6'6". He might be a little tall for tackle. The guys that I, I had Josh Proctor and Ronnie Harrison, were the two guys along with Harrison that I was like, well, the other Harrison, that or Ronnie Hickman. That's it, Ronnie Harrison? Ronnie Hickman and Josh Proctor. I <laughs> thought like could Harrison. have been worthy of getting picked here, right? When, when I thought I had two more picks, I think Proctor was going to be the second one after Harrison because Proctor is a guy that I could see him. If he plays a full season, like Josh Proctor getting like six interceptions this year, 
I think that's on the table. Anyone else? There's one other guy that I think was would be a reach, and I don't know that it would happen with the voting, but I thought would have been a reasonable pick. Steven, anybody else that you thought was on the table here? Mm. I mean, Donovan Jackson, because like Donovan Jackson just starts throwing big (laughs) 10 defensive tackles around all year. And people are like, what is that? Who is that guy? I'm voting for him. I think that's why Davis did it. His first year as a starter. So I'm not going to. But that wasn't his second year. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was year three, but still. And and, and same with Myers. Like it took until their third actual year to to make some of those real strides. But I don't I don't hate it. Uh, He was on my list, lower on my list. I would also say, like, something happens where if Jack Sawyer is the Jack and he gets to play a bunch of snaps and gets, like, 10 sacks this year, like, now you start talking about him. And then the other one I was going to throw out there for – it's the lesser um, Noah Ruggles conversation, but, like, Jesse Mirko, if you're just trying to steal an all-Big Ten point. They don't punt enough. But they don't right? The Jack one makes sense just simply because, like, it's not named after him. But his name is Jack. It's the Jack. And if he's out there going crazy with that position, we're going to get to like the Penn State game. And he's going to be doing sit downs with college game day about this position that's named after him. Well, but that's not how Jim Knowles talks about it right now. It's the Jack. He wants it to be the Leo, which is like when you start lining them up differently than what they're doing in spring game, start bringing them up the middle and stuff like that. So that's going to be the headline when, when Jack became Leo that I'm here for that. Like you guys know, like, when Joe Theismann was the quarterback at Notre Dame, his name oh, was the Joe Theismann. Theismann. Yeah. And then he changed the pronunciation to Theismann to rhyme with Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to be an All-American, if Jack Sawyer would go to the courthouse before the 2023 season and change his name to Leo Sawyer, <laughs> it's like, where, can, yes. where do I sign up for voting for a, a defensive guy for Heisman? Leo Sawyer is here. And Jim Knowles would be there as the witness as Jack Sawyer changes his name. So listen, so the original question from the texture was how many Ohio State Buckeyes could be first team or second team all Big Ten in 2022? I think our answer is 16. It's because we drafted 12 and then we had four more that we felt good about. So um, congratulations to Jackson Smith and Jigba, JT Tumaloa, CJ Stroud, Noah Ruggles, Paris Johnson, Trivion Henderson, Dewan Jones, Denzel Burke, Tyleek Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ekbuka, and Zach Harrison for getting drafted and Josh Proctor, Ronnie Hickman, Donovan Jackson, and Jack Sawyer are waiting in the wings saying we could do it too. Over under 16 first or second team, all big 10 guys. We appreciate you guys making Buckeye talk part of your week. Drop the reviews at Apple podcast, read clean.com slash OSU and try the texts at 614-350-3315. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.